0: In your Bibles tonight, First Samuel chapter number 31. First Samuel chapter 31. And we come to chapter 31, the end of the book of First Samuel. Uh, we meet up with Saul and his sons and they die. It's a tragic conclusion to the book. A sad story of what happens when you live the flesh life. When you allow envy and rage and anger and godlessness to rule and reign in your life, you lose. Tonight's message is titled, Saul Lost and the Valiant Men Arose. You'll pay attention when we read God's word together, beginning in verse number 1 of chapter 31, 13 verses here. The Bible says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Malchishua, uh, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him. And he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not. For he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. And Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley And they that were on the other side Jordan saw that the men of Israel fled. And that Saul and his sons were dead. They forsook the cities and fled. And the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor. And sent into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. We come to this passage of Scripture and it's tragic, but it ends with a little caveat and a little uh, twinkle of hope. And a group of men with some courage and a group of men that the Bible says were valiant. Tonight's message is titled just that, Saul Lost and the Valiant Men Arose. We've been watching Saul for a long time now as we've preached through this passage of Scripture. And Saul starts out as a tall, handsome man with lots of ability and a commission from God to defeat the Philistines. He begins strong and does well and God blesses him. But things begin to deteriorate and especially deteriorate after David slays Goliath and the attention of the young man David on the rise in power and fame among the nation of Israel was something that the flesh of Saul just could not stand and we watch him as envy and rage and fear and the yearning of power and prestige prevents Saul from making wise decisions. By the way, that's how it works. If you love the things of the world and the power of the world, you will find that those things and the drive for the things of the world will ultimately cause you to lose in life. The Bible says to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. There's not a thing in the world wrong with having things. I'm a man. You know, men never quit playing with toys. It's just true. And you're looking at it so I love toys. I want toys for Christmas and I'm 40 years old. But I'll have you know something. If you put your toys, you put your drive for success in this world above the principles of God's word and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have neither joy or peace or happiness. You'll have none. And Saul, he lost As we begin this passage of scripture, we see point number one that Saul lost. The first thing Saul lost is his army. The Bible says in verse number one, now the Philistines fought against Israel and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. It breaks my heart to see this, this army of men who are valiantly fighting for King Saul. and King Saul loses his army. You know, God's given some of us and lots of us folks to lead. And it's so important. If God has given you any form of leadership, it may be as small as just a person or two, or it may be as large as an institution or something like that. If God's given you the responsibility to lead. You remember where much is given, much is required. And if you're leading in your home... Lead them to the Lord. You know what Saul lost? Saul lost his armies. Because of the failures of Saul on this particular day in the last chapter, in Saul's last fight with the Philistines, there were many widowed wives and orphaned children. And it was Saul that lost his army. Saul lost his army. Saul lost his life. Look at the Bible says in verse 2. The Bible says, and the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan. I read that and I just get to thinking about Jonathan. And it breaks my heart to see Jonathan die like this. Jonathan was a noble character. Jonathan loved David. They were friends, best of friends. Jonathan had these dreams. Jonathan was a boy with dreams. Jonathan knew better. He said, I know because of my dad, I'll not be the next king. But you remember Jonathan's conversation with David? Jonathan and David are talking, and Jonathan says, David, you're going to be the next king of Israel, and I want to serve God with you. And we see this battle against the Philistines, and there lies Jonathan dead, Saul lost. He lost the life of three of his four sons in this battle. The Bible says the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab. And however you say the next son's name. Shua, is my best guess. But I'd guess different next time too. I'm sure. Jonathan, Abinadab, and the other guy. Three or four sons gone. Dead. Saul lost his life. The Bible says in verse number 3, the battle went sore against Saul. And the archers hit him. And he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith. Huh. We can see and take a little glimpse into the spirit and heart of Saul. Saul at this moment was still being so selfish. Can you imagine asking an armor bearer to do something so atrocious? It's wrong. The armor bearer, once David was Saul's armor bearer. Do you remember that time in David's life when David was Saul's armor bearer? Saul says to his armor bearer, draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. He's right, they would have, but his armor bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. I don't like that either. Saul took his own life. Folks, let me tell you something. There is never, ever, 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 ever an excusable time or reason for you to take the place of God and take your own life. If you ever get to a spot where you think that's the option that you have, you are not right. You call me. You call somebody. You get some help because that is never acceptable, never right, and never a good idea. And King Saul... In fear of being abused by the enemy of the Philistines, is no exception. He made a foolhearted hearted decision. And he fell on his sword. He lost his life. The Bible says in verse 5, And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. And it breaks my heart to see this young man who just followed in the footsteps of his leader, the king, and Saul's full hearted decision to take his life had a very negative effect on the young man that was carrying his armor. I'm just telling you, this is a tragic moment. you be reminded of something, though. Sometimes doing the right thing encourages other people to do the right thing. That's good. But I want to remind you of something else. Doing the wrong thing often encourages other people to do the wrong thing too. And Saul lost his life. The Bible says in verse number 6, So Saul died, and his three sons, and his armor-bearer, and all his men that same day together. Now we read that and we think, wow, finally over. But if you read, Saul died... And you think, finally over, you're not thinking biblically. You see, death for all men is never the end. And if you think that somehow, because Saul finally died, that all of his worry and all of his fretting and all the trouble and grief had come to a swift conclusion, you're incorrect. Because Saul, like all men... Is created in the image of God, and he is eternal. And I can guarantee you on the authority of the Word of God that Saul himself is somewhere today. This Saul is conscious and alert. And I'm afraid to say in what state he's in. But he's eternal. Now look. Sometimes we get this idea that surely if I could just take my life, all this will be over. Wrong. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. You see, Saul lost his life. Not only did Saul lose his life, but he lost his honor. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 7. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the other side Jordan, saw that the men of Israel fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. The remaining Israeli army departs, and the Philistines take over the cities. The Bible says in verse 8, it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. The enemy find him and his sons. And the Bible says in verse 9 that they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent into the land of the Philistines roundabout to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. Let me see what these dirty, rotten, pagan Philistines do. They cut off the heads of Saul and Jonathan and his two brothers and parade their bodies and their heads all over. They take their heads and put them in the places of their idols. And in verse 10, they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth, their goddess. And they fasten his body To the wall of Beth-shan. Look what they do. They humiliate Saul, his sons, the nation of Israel. And make an effort to humiliate God himself. You see, Saul lost his armor. He lost his life. He lost his honor. It's a tragic moment, isn't it? I mean, this is a low moment in the nation of Israel. Israel. This is a low moment among God's people. Saul lost. Saul lost. But let me tell you, it's a testimony of what happens when you follow the path of a Saul. When you leave God out. When you yearn and seek over after the things of the world rather than the person of God. It's a fact And when I read the first 10 verses of chapter number 31, it's like reading the obituary of a person who started with great prominence, squandered their lives, lost, saw lost. Now listen, everybody on the count of three, take a big deep breath. One, two, three. (sighs) If you're still alive, and praise the Lord you are, you have a chance. You have an opportunity to do something with your life that looks different than Saul. You have an opportunity to turn to the Lord. You have an opportunity to stand up for something that matters. You have an opportunity to lead the way with the folks that God has given you the opportunity to lead. You see, point number one is this, Saul lost. But point number two is the valiant men arose. It's fascinating how God interjects this. I know it's important in the storyline because when we leave verse number 10, what we see is at least for sure Saul's body without a head hanging on the wall of Bashan. And most likely his three sons with him. It's a gory, gruesome scene. It's deplorable. It is humiliating to Jewish man, to have your body treated in such a way. You see, the custom of the Jews were to take good care of the bodies of the dead and give proper, proper burials and respect the life and death and the body of their people. And there they are, most likely four bodies without heads, scantily clad, if clad at all, humiliated. Packed by birds and saw lost. It's awful. Saw lost. There's a group of men that hear about what's going on. And they're a group of men that have a little different demeanor and a little different perspective. There's lots of folks all around that say this is the end. There's lots of folks who are really down on the current status of the nation of Israel. There's lots of people who are really upset with what the future may hold. There's a lot of people who are very low and very negative about what might be in the future. But there's a group of men, valiant men, who say, you know what? We can't stand for that. We can't allow that to be. So the Bible says in verse number 10, something interesting happens. I'm sorry, verse number 11. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. What happened? Saul lost. But number two, the valiant men arose. The Bible says that in verse 11, when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard. What's significant about the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead? I'll tell you, I want to remind you of a story that you may remember because we covered it not terribly long ago. But back in your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter number 11, Saul, it was his first fight and first time leading any men into battle as a ruler and a leader in the nation of Israel, the men of Jabesh-Gilead had been met by the folks, the Ammonites. Nahash, the Ammonite, a real snake of a guy, had told the people of Jabesh-Gilead that he would protect them and they wouldn't die if he would allow, if the people of Jabesh-Gilead, the Israelites, the Hebrews, if They would allow him, the Ammonite, to pluck out all of their right eyes. How many of you remember that wicked king that said, I want to pluck out all your right eyes. And if you let us pluck out all your right eyes, then we'll protect you. You see, it was those men who said, okay, we need to think about it. Give us seven days. And Nahash the Ammonite said, Okay, you're going to have seven days. Over the course of those seven days, word got to Saul, young Saul, who God had commissioned to take care and defeat the Philistines and take care of the nation of Israel and would soon be the next king. Saul heard what Nahash the Ammonite would do. And Saul takes a yoke of oxen. Do you remember this? And he chops the yoke of oxen oxen in little tiny pieces. And he sends them with messengers all over the land. And says, if you mess with us, that's what your oxen are going to look like. And a great fear of King Saul comes over all the nations. And Saul gathers a group of men and they make their way to Jabesh-Gilead. And on the seventh day, they meet up with Nahash the Ammonite, that snake. And God re- wrought a great victory through the nation of Israel. And Saul came and saved the day for the nation of Jabesh-Gilead. You remember that? So the Bible says in the conclusion of this passage of Scripture that when the men of Jabesh-Gilead, back to chapter 31, in verse number 11, when the men, the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead, heard that which the Philistines had done to Saul, guess what happened? They're boiled up, this sense of responsibility and obligation, this sense of honor that I pray that our young men have, and I pray that our middle aged men have, and I pray that our old men have, and I pray that every Christian's breathing air have this sense of honor and responsibility and courage and valiance that says, We're not going to let that happen. The Bible says, The valiant men. Of Jabesh Gilead. When they heard about what was happening to Saul and his sons. The valiant men arose. The Bible says in verse number 12. The valiant men arose and went all night. It's an interesting thing. They traveled that night. Between 15 and 20 miles from Jabesh. To Bethshan. To the wall where the bodies. of Saul and his boys were. They had to cross the Jordan River. I thought that was kind of interesting. In order to get there that night, they had to cross the Jordan River. In order to get there, they had to go through enemy territory. And they traveled 15 to 20 miles. And The Bible says, with great courage, they went. And they took the bodies of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. It's interesting. They gather those bodies and make the journey back Between 15 and between 30 and 40 miles of travel, and four bodies decaying. And when they bring the bodies back, they're in such terrible shape. They burn them, but they keep the bones. And when they pull the bones out of the fire, they bury the bones and fast seven days. Now, Saul lost, but the valiant men arose. As I've studied this and thought about it, I think about Saul and his sons hanging on that wall. And I, I think about the humiliation. I think about the appearance of the f- defeat. And I think about how the folks, the Philistines, the enemies of God, were puffing their chest out and how they had taken the armor of Saul, that same armor that David had tried on and said, I can't, I can't accept this. I've not, I've not proved it. And they've put the armor of Saul in the house of one of their pagan gods. And I think about how the Philistines say, we've won, we've won, we've won, we've won. And I think about how a great group of Israel's men and Israel's families have tucked tail and run and they found themselves in their tents licking their wounds and think, oh man, we're in a pitiful shape as a nation. There's just no hope anymore. I tell you, it looks like God's failed us again like he has many times before. And you can see this cloud of doubt. And you can see this cloud of fear. And you can see this cloud of emptiness and faithlessness that has just come over all the land of Israel as the bodies of Israel's leaders are hanging on a wall without a head. But there's a group of men, but there's a group of guys, there's a group of folks who had some honor, who had some faith, who had some courage, who had some grit. And they said, you know what? I don't care what the cloud says. I don't care what is the demeanor of the nation. I don't care what folks say. We are going to go and we're going to get him. And we're going to get those boys. And we're going to do what's right. And we're going to see if God will do something. Folks, I want you to know something. The day that Saul died was not the end of the work of God through the nation of Israel. Because God was raising up David. And the greatest days of the nation of Israel were ahead. And by the way, the greatest days of the nation of Israel are still ahead. And we can anticipate God's faithfulness and God keeping His promise and keeping His word. How does this apply to me, preacher? I'll tell you. I think about these valiant men. And I think about the fact that they knew that we'd lost ground as a nation. But the valiant men arose. Hey, look, you look around everywhere you look. It's negative and doom and gloom. And we've lost ground as a a nation, have we not? Yes. Let me tell you something. You can be among the crowd of people who are hopeless. You can be among the crowd of people who have no courage to keep preaching and keep working and keep reaching and keep serving and keep trusting. But I'll not be there. And I pray that you won't be there either. And this group of men from Jabesh Gilead, they said, we've seen God work before and we're not going to be among the people who quit on God. We're not going to be among the people who give up on the hope that we've been promised. We are going to rise up. Oh, may God give us that spirit. We may have lost ground as a nation, but the valiant men rose up. They may have lost ground the valiant men rose up. Folks, listen. We look at our nation and we think, oh man, what a mess. We need valiant men to rise up. Men of courage to lead and run and work and serve. We look at our churches and it's a fact. In lots of churches, we've lost a lot of ground in regards to truth. The biblical emphasis, but hey, look, that do not give us right to quit. Oh, I pray God will cause the valiant men to rise. In the church, our homes, a lot of homes have lost ground. May the valiant men arise. In schools, there's a lot of ground that's been lost, but may the valiant men arise. You see, God gives us a great contrast. There's old Saul. Man, he blew it. Saul lost. Let me tell you something. When you close your Bibles in the end of 1 Samuel, the last verse of chapter number 31, it doesn't close the end. All hope is gone. The Philistines win. (laughs) Oh, no. It closes with this light of hope that a group of men would stand to their feet And with courage and valor, do what was right. And they usher in the beginning. They usher in the beginning. The reign of David. The brightness of the future and the promises of God. Men who will say, you know what? We're in a bad way. But I'm going to keep fighting for the glory of God. Saul lost. He did. But praise the Lord, the valiant men arose. I pray you'll ask God to put you in that number. And do what is necessary, even if it's tough, to trust and serve and fight for the glory of God, the cause of Christ, and the souls of men and women and boys and girls in our nation and around this globe. I'm praying that the valiant men will arise. May God help us. Saul lost. Praise the Lord. The valiant men arose.